Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Good to talk to you again. If you, it's your first time visiting, which I doubt it is, you know, we're starting to get a pretty loyal audience here. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. Spread the word. Check out all the uh, Locked On uh, shows out there. Check out your favorite team, Locked On, your favorite team. Uh, and there's much good stuff going on in the network right now. We're growing very quickly. I am Matt Williamson. I am the host of the Locked On NFL podcast. This is the national version as opposed to specific teams. Um, let's get right into it. Our front four for today is a pretty obvious one. You know, I I watched both games from last night. Um, let's break those down pretty thoroughly and then two more notes and we'll be on our way. And I I will be back on Monday to discuss a lot more action. Uh, as you know, I'm going to do the Steeler post game show tonight from the studio. But uh, other than that, I'll be watching a lot of games and whatnot. Whatnot. I say whatnot a lot, I guess. Here we go. Um, Dallas, Seattle. Uh, The big news is Tony Romo last three plays and then crumbles with a back injury. Uh, It sounds like he was throwing on the sidelines and no one seems particularly worried about it now. But I don't know. I mean, I think it goes to his frailty. And I rarely say that about athletes. I rarely say that about, you know, players in the NFL. But of all the I say I say this all the time it is of all the quarterbacks in the league, the one I trust to stay healthy the least is Romo. You know, back injuries, age, he isn't the most, you know, he's not built like you know, Andrew Luck or, you know, big Cam Newton by any stretch of the imagination. He's old. And, you know, backs never really seem to go away. And he's had other injuries like clavicles and whatnot. Uh, he he scares me, you know. And I think this is just a – I hope it's not an omen of things to come. It sounds like he's all right. Cowboys dodged a bullet. And what's that mean? More of Dak. More Dak Prescott. And he continues to look great. I would say that of the three games he's played – this would probably be third on my list, you know, as, you know, how well he played. But Seattle defense might have something to do with that, too. I mean, they're, they're pretty good on that side of the ball. Um, the, the touchdown catch he threw to Witten, I'm not sure what to take on, on this one. You know, because one thing Prescott's really shown is when he has a good receiver one-on-one, usually Dez, who didn't play in this game, he'll throw it to him. You know, and he generally puts it in a location for them to make a play on the ball better than the defensive player. That's good quarterbacking. You know, that's advanced for a rookie. You know, most most guys don't come to the league with that kind of confidence, that, that sort of knowledge of that's what I'm going to do to set up my, my you know, my, my receiver to go make a play. This one easily could have went the other way, though. Like, this could have been an interception by K.J. Wright. And Witten snatched the ball basically, you know, over his back. Um, I'm not sure what Wright exactly was seeing there or how, why he didn't react to it better. But it's a touchdown. You know, I 
guess this is a positive play for Prescott. Like I said, he's trusting his receivers. He's trusting a Hall of Fame tight end. But this was a risky one, and he got away with it. And he did. He got away with another interception, you know, on the roughing the passer call uh, in the second game. So, yes, Prescott's been very good. But, you know, I think he's confident. He's strong. He's got a very strong supporting cast. He's decisive. He did hold the ball a little bit long on a sack by Clark and Averill. They basically got to him at the same time. But overall, I thought he handled pressure well. You know, behind a great offensive line, we haven't seen him under pressure a lot up till now. And these are his numbers. You know, he's completing, you know, through three, three games of extensive playing time, he has 454 yards. It's pretty good. Five touchdowns. He, he has gotten lucky and has not thrown an interception because, you know, like I said, there were some risky ones. A couple. You know, I'm mean, nitpicking here a little bit, but he's not perfect. 78% of his, of his passes have been completed, though. Pretty done good. Pretty darn good. So, more of Prescott. Um, overall, obviously, all the reviews are very good. As are Ezekiel oh, Elliott. I mean, that, that's the other big story. I feel like I've talked about the same teams a lot, and I got a, just got a, or a tweet from somebody saying I haven't broken down a Chiefs game yet. I, I'm not doing it on purpose. You know, it just depends when they, when they fall. You know, I mean, I'm obviously going to talk Dallas because they played last night. But I've talked Dallas a lot. But they've also kind of been the story. And same with Elliott. You know, everyone's been chomping at the bit to watch Elliott. I thought he had very good feet. Um, he had seven runs in this game. Good quickness, low. Gets to the outside well. He finishes runs. You know, went right after Cam Chancellor and tried to truck him. And probably got the better of that battle. Um, he's a powerful player. He, he had a, a couple uh, chances in protection. It looked like they, they held up fine. He also had some pretty nice holes. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, and not that this has really changed, but Dallas's offensive line is the best in the league. And even though they're playing Seattle, he did run through some through some nice holes. You know, he's going to put up a lot of yards. I mean, it's just really the end end result here is in your fantasy league or whatever. I would not hesitate at all to take Zeke Elliott. I think he's going to be a monster. Some other notes from this game. Uh, Paul Richardson, good to see him back for Seattle. He is a skinny, kind of built like the Sean Jackson-type player, burner that's been injured a lot in his career. But he's played a lot of snaps, so I think that's promising. Gives them one more one more weapon, uh, one more receiver. They don't have the biggest core of receivers, but they have some speed there. They have some playmakers. I think he's going to be very much in the mix. Um, Wilson threw a touchdown to Richardson, I don't know if you saw this play. It was nice. I mean, designed to do this. He rolled right, bought time, bought time, heaved one across his body, across the field that Richardson ran under going left. And I'm not sure if that's the best way for me to describe it, but if you saw it, that's, I mean, that's what happened. You would think it'd be a dangerous pass, but Wilson looks great too. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Wilson's earned more than the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't think he's a risk taker. I think that was a safe play because he read the defense so so well. Uh, we saw a lot of Russell Wilson magic in this game. He had he had a touchdown that he you know typical Wilson scrambled forever, spins around Fran Tarkington, and then finds Lockett in, in right over the stripe for a touchdown. Boom. You know, I mean that's that stuff's indefensible. I don't know how long that play went. What seven or eight seconds or something. It's just phenomenal, but he's much more than just an improv player. You know, we're talking about a lot of the same guys, but Christian Michael, 
I'm not sure that Rawls gets his job back. You know, is he going to walk right in and take his job? Michael is powerful. He's fast. He's impressive. He's decisive. He's low to the ground. I love the way he strides. A powerful strider. Sticks his foot in the ground and is downhill now. He fits the scheme. You saw him outside blocking for people. I don't know how you keep him off the field, especially when you haven't seen Rawls yet. It wouldn't blow me away if he ends up as Seattle's leading rusher when it's all said and done. Another running back that got some some play finally is C.J. Procise. Didn't really stand out, but he's such an accomplished receiver, even for a rookie. I tend to think that he's going to be the passing down back before long. So we may see a pure committee in Seattle. I don't know what to make of their running back situation, but it's a good one. (laughs) I mean, it's a good running back situation. There is no doubt about that. And it's young. It's versatile. So those are my notes from that game. Um, Overall, I just wanted to make note. It just watching these two games. The other one was Atlanta, Miami. It just seems like this is really much closer to reality. You know, you watch a whole half of majority of the ones in there, and people, you know, really running their offense and just looking a little crisper after two games. It, it was enjoyable watching last night. There, there's no question about that. That uh, this weekend of games, I think, is going to be really fun. Next weekend's of games going to be junk, but. That's a different story. So a lot to take away from Dallas-Seattle, but these are teams we've seen a fair amount of, especially Dallas, and no real shocks. As I said, the other game, Atlanta-Miami, I thought this was a highly enjoyable game too. You know, that there's a lot to take from it. First of all, I really, I've been saying this for a while, so maybe I'm a little biased. I'm trying to back up my point. But I really think Miami's offense is going to be a lot better. And I think it's a lot more fun to watch. Up-tempo. You're seeing a lot of receivers on the field. I think Tannehill's got a really good feel for it. Um, you know, you're seeing three by one sets, four by one sets. It's not crazy to see four receivers on the field. Uh, you know, the Adam Gase, I think, it really knows what he's doing. Highly creative. You know, did a really good job of creating one-on-one matchups extensively through this game, pretty much through the whole preseason, and they're getting better every week. Uh, and Atlanta's defense has some problems. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, you're seeing running backs catching passes, Tannehill controlling the action at the line of scrimmage. You know, first play of the game, Tannehill runs a read option. You know, he was a wide receiver at Texas A&M. You know, at least put that on tape for people to study and be afraid of and to prepare for during the week. And maybe run read option five times a game, twice a game. I don't know. But I think you put it out there every week and make it part of your offense. And it's not something you rely on, but it's, you know, it's something you can do to pick up yardage. He picked up like 20 or 25 yards on the play. And I thought he was pretty sharp all day. A lot of short, quick passes. You know, you didn't see him driving the ball downfield. And I don't know if they'll do a lot of that. But, you know, the interception he threw was deflected. And then Trufant made a nice play on the ball when it was in the air. Um, I don't know that I would crush Tannehill for that. That's for sure. Um, another note from this offense is Pouncey's been out with a hip injury, which has been a recurring problem for him. Um, and I mentioned, you know, before, I think last week we talked about it, that he may or may not be in for week one. Uh, a rookie from Alabama who's never played center, Anthony Steen, was the, <laughs> is his replacement. And, you know, I watched that matchup quite a bit, and he wasn't bad. You know, he did a lot of work against Grady Jarrett. 
um, who I like, you know, and I thought Grady Jarrett played well on this, this, this side of the ball. He's very active, very explosive, smaller player, um, especially early in the game. I thought he, you know, he, he did some good things, but I didn't think Steen was a massive liability out there. And, and what's kind of interesting is they really, this team, you know, if Steen is their starting center, they really don't have any guards or centers on the field. <laughs> They're playing with like four or five offensive tackles. You know, Laramie Tunsil, the best tackle in the draft, is playing guard. And um, I think that will be good for athleticism, length, quick passing game, um, all these up-tempo things that they're going to run. Not to mention going to Miami early in the season against an up-tempo offense is going to wear defenses out. But anyways, so just their, I think their offensive line situation is, is interesting. Uh, let me look through a couple more of my notes here. Cameron Wake, you know, we saw him out there. He didn't do a whole heck of a lot. He didn't play a hell of a, snap, a hell of a lot of snaps, but I, I thought he showed power and explosion a little bit. I mean, he looked healthy in, in the couple snaps we saw, which is all I really want, need to see from him. You know, we'll, we'll see how he holds up. We'll see what kind of player he can be. They really need him and Williams to be big-time players. Um, the Falcons. The Falcons made... They made huge efforts this offseason to get faster and more athletic through the draft in the middle of the field. And a big reason for that was last year, tight ends, running backs out of the backfield, abused these safeties and linebackers over and over and over. So they used three high picks on very athletic safeties and especially linebackers. You know, Neil is going to be, I wouldn't say he's a highly athletic. He tested well. He's, you know, he, he's an explosive player, but he's going to be the Cam Chancellor in this defense. You know, he's a hitter. He's a downfield player. He's a strong safety. Uh, but he was injured in this game. He went with a knee. Um, I haven't heard any news as of, what, taping here around noon on Friday. But that would be a loss. I mean, he's a first-round pick. I mean, he hates seeing these first-round picks get hurt. But that, that was their logic in the, this season was... We need to get a lot more athletic on the second level, basically. And I'm including the strong safety in that because he so often plays in the box in this Seattle-type defense. Uh, most of the reports on the linebackers have been pretty favorable, though. And we do, do know they can run. They do know they're athletes. Um, Trufant's a great player. He's the best player on this defense by a wide margin. He almost had a, a second interception in this game on a ball, that actually, that was, was Tannehill's fault. It was late coming out. Uh, Trufant got his hands on it, but didn't pull it in. I guess maybe I'm burying the lead here in that Julio Jones only played 10 snaps and, li and limped off. And he looked like an animal from those 10 snaps. Uh, uncoverable foundation player, obviously, maybe the best receiver in the league. But everything we were reading today is he was fine. You know, and he didn't even see the doctors hovering around him. You know, he, he limped off. He kind of made some faces. And they just stood there in the sidelines and nobody even, I'm not sure they iced it. So I don't think it's time to worry, but I'm not a doctor. Um, again, Tannehill, really fun to watch. Uh, I thought he was extending plays more than he has in the past. He looks comfortable. Ryan, man, uh, no one, the, the announcers didn't seem to make a big deal of it, but Aldrich Robinson, it ended up being a, 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 uh, a pass interference call on him. So it was a positive play for Atlanta, but Robinson blows right by the, the cover guy. And Ryan vastly, vastly underthrows under him. I mean, that should have been a touchdown all day long. He ended up drawing a pass interference call, probably because he's waiting for the ball. That was bad. 
And then Ryan threw a, a terrible interception in the end zone to, to Rashad Jones. Uh, you know, corner, uh, safety for the Dolphins. Very good player, actually. Um, you know, Jones jumped the ball, but that's not a pass. Ryan can't make that pass. And, and I saw, you know, Tammy got bumped at the line of scrimmage. But you gotta, you can't just throw it to a spot and assume he's going to be there, you know, in that situation. In the goal line, and, and, you know, their red zone woes were pretty famous at the end of last year. This worries me a little bit, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Ryan looking a little bit better in his second year in, in this, this offense. I do think that their offensive line is very... Very good and improved. You know, Mac is a high-end center. Uh, they were highlighting Schrader a lot last night, the right, right tackle, and he's quite good. He's just very effective, like, like Collinsworth was saying. I think Matthews will be a star. You know, I just think he's as solid as they come. Just had to battle a lot of injuries early in his career, and I think the guards are fine. Again, second level or second year in Shanahan's offense. That should pay off, too, for that group. And, and I think the running game, for the most part, should be there. But I like Freeman a lot more than I like Coleman. I think we talked about that already. Um, another note, Adrian Claiborne, he's getting an MRI, I think, as we speak on his shoulder. That was injured last night. We know Atlanta's been one of the worst pass-rushing teams in the league. Not that Claiborne's a demon off the edge, but uh, their defensive ends didn't play well in this game. They were shut down by Miami's tackles, and we're a weak area coming in. So, you know, any blow to that position is big. So keep an eye on the Claiborne injury situation too. And Sue, Namakon Sue, supposedly did something to his ankle. I can't find any news on that. Um, just a note on him. Because he signed for so much money and because Miami wasn't very good last year, people think he's a bust. He's not a bust at all. He's a great, great player. Uh, and I thought he was phenomenal last year, demanding double, triple teams consistently. Um, just, I'm telling you, just trust me on this one. Sue is a great player. He's not at all the problem there. He's far and away the most important and best Dolphins defender. Again, I don't think it's going to be a good defense no matter what. And I think we need to mention Kenny Stills. You know, I think people kind of brushed him off. It seemed as though, yeah, I think it's pretty much true, that New Orleans more or less gave up on this guy, shipped him off even though he wasn't making any money, young receiver, um, they got a pick in return, but, and in Miami, he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot, but you know, as much as Parker's, you know, ballyhooed, I'm not sure I've ever said that word. And he's still a work in progress. He doesn't get off press coverage real well. He's not real physical. He doesn't attack the ball in the air. I'm not as big a Parker fan as some people are. Uh, Landry, they love, of course he's great. And I think Carew will be very good. He's just not ready yet. So Kenny Stills is seizing that opportunity. And as I said, they rotate a lot of people. They get, you know, three and four receivers involved in the game a lot. So I think Stills can be a factor for them. So that pretty much covers the two games. I urge you to go check out the Locked On uh, podcast for those four respective teams, too. They're going to break it down even more in detail, I'd imagine. They'll probably talk a little bit more about things like, you know, who's on the roster bubble and late in bottom of the roster players. Um, let's talk about the Patriots for a second, though. They, they just traded Stork to the Redskins, which I think is a good move for Washington. Why not? And then they traded a fifth-round pick yesterday to the Browns for, for Mingo, you know, who was the sixth pick overall just a couple years ago. And he has not been good for Cleveland. I mean, he's had some flashes here and there, but he is a slender, smooth 
athlete, narrow-waisted, long-limbed edge player all the way that is okay versus a run, has showed very little against the pass, you know, was brought into the league as a high, quote, high upside edge pass rush player. Um, I'm surprised it cost them a fifth. I mean, we've talked about the Browns a lot. I mean, I think all they care about is giving every, every draft pick they can possibly get, and they're just going to totally rebuild their roster in their fashion. So they got a fifth-round pick, which probably is late. It's Patriots' fifth-round pick. But they did, you know, they lost Chandler Jones. Um, they signed Chris Jones. They signed Chris Long. They have Sheard, who they got from the, the Browns a while back. Um, I guess it's worth the risk. I mean, I would imagine that the, they liked his him a lot coming out of LSU, and I'm sure Mingo's going to be excited about the move. I mean, you go from potentially the worst team in the league to the best team in the league. I mean, that's got to cheer you up a little bit. And you get in that environment, maybe he, I don't know if he didn't work hard or what, but maybe he changes something about his game, his preparation, to get more out of his abilities because he does have ability. But I think what's cool here is the Patriots have a very extensive history. You know, they always pick late in the round. So, you know, they do their college scouting. I'm sure there's a lot of players they like. And like every team, they can't get them. They go to somewhere else or, in their case, they're usually picked before they ever have a chance to get them. But really during the Belichick era, and for the most part it's worked out, and they've been really low-risk moves, the Patriots have a major history of... Well, let's go get a former first-round pick on the cheap, you know, who's fizzled out for whatever reason with his first team, you know, like Shane McClellan. Shane McClellan, he may not never play, may not even make the bear or the the team, but he was a bust for the Bears. His first-round pick. There's a reason these guys are first-round picks. They're almost all phenomenal athletes, and maybe they aren't great football players, and they're quote projects or whatever. But the Patriots have a major history. Just go look at their roster and look at all the former first-round picks. And even guys like Randy Moss and Corey Dillon, and, you know, they, they do it with guys that hit, too. But they have a history, a very extensive history, of bringing in former first-round picks and adding them to the mix. And I, I get it. I mean, at some reason, somebody thought there's something here that we love about this guy, and we're going to take use a first-round pick on him. So something to keep an eye on. You can't have too many pass rushers. Uh, if it's a hit, obviously it's a huge hit. It's not that much to invest. And the last note of the day is Dwayne Brown. And we've talked about this a little bit. His, his quad injury is expected to keep him out of week one, maybe longer. And I know there's a lot to get excited about in Houston. I'm very excited about their defense. Well, with Watt, assuming Watt's back. Um, I love their skill position, guys. We've talked about that a lot. They've done extensive work to get faster, more versatile at every position on offense. But you got a new quarterback with what looks like a problematic line. You know, your left tackle is, he was not as good before his injury. I thought he was starting to show his age. Now this injury, they weren't very good at right tackle to begin with. The rookie center's out for the year. You lost a guard in Brooks. I know you replaced him with Allen, but whew, I, I think this offensive line could really slow this team down, especially when you couple that with a new quarterback that doesn't have much you know, experience in the system, let alone in the NFL. So, you know, I think Houston's going to have an elite defense. I think their their skill position players are 
very good players, and I commend them for doing this. But if you're not blocking and your quarterback's not comfortable, man, uh, you're you're in huge trouble. Uh, all those other things don't matter. So uh, let's keep an eye on this. I, I trust O'Brien a great deal to maximize the situation. But, man, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about this line. I was worried about Osweiler to begin with. There you have it. So, Texans fan, keep an eye on that. And I don't know who the young guy is that's going to step in. You know, there's not a lot of draft picks there to get excited about. So, happy Friday to everybody. You know, happy week three to everybody. Lots of good football this weekend. Really the first time we could actually say that. Like, there was actually good football this weekend. Ones versus ones. You know, high, high competition. The first half of every game should be, you know, highly entertaining for you guys. Check them all out. Report back to me on Monday, and we will discuss it. Um, only two games to talk about last night, but all in all, they, they were entertaining, and I think we're learning more and more. Um, next week will be next week will be a struggle uh, again. I mean, uh, I'm not going to candy coat it and tell you week four is super valuable for for yours and my purposes. It is if you're the head coach or the special teams coach of your team, but other than that, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll manufacture some stuff to talk about. We'll build some lists. We'll talk about, you know, division projections, things like that next week. Take care. Have a fantastic weekend. See you later.